Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16, scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18, scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16, and scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is by James Mills from the Baltimore, Ohio Church of Christ. Uh, the title of his lesson is, We Will Serve the Lord. His lesson is on the decisions that we make. And every decision that we make, whether it's good or bad, will always have consequences. Consequences to glorify God or consequences uh, to separate us from God. So we always need to look uh, to, to the Lord for all of our decisions. In Joshua 24 and 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in the land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Once again, our lesson's by James Mills, and he's bringing us a lesson on the decisions that we make. We hope that you enjoy the lesson today, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. It's good to be back here this morning. If you would, you could. Uh, we invite you to take your Bibles Follow along with me this morning, uh, and we pray that it's uh, nothing but from God's Word. And that's what uh, we strive here at Baltimore Church of Christ, to stand up for the truth. Uh, we want to always have sound doctrine. You know, I was just thinking uh, last night about all you hear so many uh, denominations talk about how that they're growing, and they're growing, and they're growing. And uh, the church, uh, the only one, you know, the only one body that we can find in God's Word, uh, we are declining, <laughs> but not growing. So there's something to be said there uh, when denominations that don't have the truth and have false doctrine, they are growing, whereas where we have the truth, uh, we struggle to grow. And we read about that in God's Word, that there will be few few that find that straight and narrow way and we see it right before us here at Baltimore but this morning I want to start over in uh, the book of Joshua uh, so hopefully as uh, I always tease you brought your big Bible today because your little Bible won't have uh, the Old Testament but uh, over in the book of Joshua if you remember we'll go in chapter 24 is where I want to start with but if you Remember, Moses had died, and God had told Joshua, you know, you, uh, it's time for my people, my children, uh, to go into the promised land. And he said, and guess what? You are the man that's going to lead them there. And it came a point and a time to where just as their, uh, their fathers before them, they began to stray away from God, right? And they began to want to worship other gods and idols. So God told Joshua, you know, you need, it's coming close to the end for you. You need to stand up and explain to these people that they have a choice to make. And in chapter 24, we'll start there with verse 1. We're going to do 
uh, quite a bit of reading this morning from the Word of God. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacre, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave it to Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave it to Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to that which I did among them. And afterward, what? I brought you out. He brought them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And I brought your fathers, in verse 6, out of Egypt, and ye came into the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put what darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of Amorites, which dwell on the other side, Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them in your hand, that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Buar, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered, once again that word delivered you, out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan and came into Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. God was with them from the time that he led them out of Egypt and they crossed that Red Sea and he fought with them. He said, it's none of these battles you had to fight because what? I delivered them into your hands. I delivered them. And I sent the hornet, verse 12, before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. He said, you had nothing to do with it. I was the one that delivered all these nations to you, gave them to you. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not. And ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and the olive yards which ye planted not, do you eat. He said, you planted none of the stuff that you eat of. All this land that you possess, you've done nothing to possess it. All the buildings, the structures that are there, you didn't build them. I delivered all this. I gave it to you. Gave it to you. Now therefore, verse 14, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And serve Him in sincerity and in truth. 
and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem even to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got to make a choice, Joshua said. God is challenging you right now, he said. He has gave you everything. You've done nothing to deserve what you have. God has been good and God has blessed you and God has delivered all this to you. And still, he said, you've got to make a choice of whether you're going to serve him or not. And Joshua said, as for me and my house, what did he say? We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. This morning, this morning, you had a choice of whether you were going to be here or not, right? When you woke up this morning and you realized that God had blessed you with the very breath that you breathe, you had a choice. Are you going to come and worship in spirit and in truth? Or are you going to lay in the bed? Are you going to go and do something else rather than coming and worship? Worship. With the saints in spirit and in truth. Every day of your life, every day, every minute is full of choices. You've got to make decisions. Multitudes of decisions. From the time you wake up, are you going to brush your teeth? What are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? What are you going to do? What are you going to watch? What are you going to listen to? Are you going to study your Bible? What time will you eat? Will you go somewhere? Do you have to go to a doctor appointment? Your life is full of choices. Nothing but decisions. And it's very important, very important, how you choose the things you choose. Because why? There's consequences. There's consequences in our choices that we make. And it doesn't matter if it's a minor choice or a major choice, right? It doesn't matter of whether what kind of toothpaste we want to use or what, what kind of house we want to live in. It doesn't matter how big or how small that choice is. There is consequences. There is going to be a result from that decision that you make. Just as Joshua said, you've got to decide if you're going to serve the Lord or not. You've got to choose. You've got to make a choice. Now, this morning, I want to talk, of, first of all, I want to talk about things that we need to consider when we make a choice, when we make decisions. First thing is don't make a rash decision. What is a rash decision? That is a decision that is made without putting any thought in it, you know. Have you ever made a rash decision and you never clearly thought out, well, wait a minute. Hold it. If I do this, this might happen. If I say this, this might happen. For instance, after services today, 
What if I just out of the blue say, guess what, girls? I want Chick-fil-A. And I head toward Pickerington, the nearest Chick-fil-A. And the girls are excited. All right, Dad, I love Chick-fil-A. And we pull into Chick-fil-A, and guess what? Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. Think about the disappointment in these kids. Think about my disappointment. I was expecting that Chick-fil-A sandwich. But I'm making a rash decision without clearly thinking it through and realizing, wait a minute, they're not even open. But I trucked it down to Chick-fil-A to be disappointed. Rash decisions. Never make rash decisions. Always think clearly and evaluate what the consequences will be when we make that choice. Second, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. A lot of times we wait too late. Shander, Shander will understand this. QVC has a value of the day. I'm not throwing her under the bus. Maybe the other women. I know Jamie. QVC, home shopping. They have so many shopping networks you can just sit in your house and shop all day. And they'll bring the packages to your door, believe me. But they have a value of the day, for example. And you look at that when all oh, the value of the day and you're excited because, oh, wow. Wow. I can get that for less than half price. But you think, of, well, do I really need it, you know? So now you're not making a rash decision. You're thinking it all through. You're like, well, where would I, when would I use it? Would I even use it? But it's a good deal. It's a good deal. And you wait and wait, guess what? They only have a limited quantity. So after lunch, you just, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you go on your phone and you're excited. Sold out. Sold out. We can't procrastinate when we have decisions and choices that matter. That matter. We can't procrastinate. you got to make up your mind. Because if you wait too late, just as the QVC value of the day sold out, if we procrastinate in making a decision, we might suffer a consequence that we don't like. Won't be in our favor. The third thing is we need to apply good reason and logic, right? We need to think about our decisions. Think about our choices. Is this a good, wise decision? Or is this just stupid, you know? You hear a lot of people about paying dumb tax. Well, that's a stupid tax you will have to pay. Why? Because you made a bad decision. It was a bad choice. And the only way to get out of it, what? Well, is you got to deal with it. What you choose and the decision you make, if you don't carefully think about it and plan it out, you will have to pay the price. You will have to pay the price. And the last thing we want to look at is to always make your choices based on what? God. Always based on God. Matthew chapter 6, 33. Most of us know this scripture very well. What does it tell us in Matthew 6, 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of what God? 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In all your choices, all your decisions, the first thing you need to consider is God. God is what matters more than anything else in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then all this other stuff will be added unto you. Seek ye first. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14. But be ye not unequally yoked together with what unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? You must put God first in all your choices, all your decisions. Light has no business messing around with darkness. Believers have no business messing around with the unbelievers. There is no unity there. No unity there. So put God first in all your choices. Now, we must make a choice. You must make a choice. There's no way out of it. And you might sit on the sideline and you say, well, no, I don't have to. Maybe later. I don't have to decide right now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man, notice, no man, Jesus speaking, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot, notice, ye cannot serve God and mammon. So you've got to make a choice. You can't sit back and serve both God and evil. You've got to choose this day. As Joshua said, you've got to choose today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You've got to make a choice. Now, we're going to look the next few minutes at examples of people that made good and bad choices. And because of their decision, there was consequences that they had to pay. And we'll begin with Lot over in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 13. If you remember, Lot was given a choice between him and his brother. He said, we both can't live off the same land, so you need to choose a way and you go, and I'll go the other way. Genesis chapter 13, verses 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had in Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold, and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel and to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. 
and the Lamb was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. So they had so much, so much wealth, so many possessions that they couldn't dwell in the same land together. Think about that. How great their possessions were. Verse 7, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzites dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, he says, Lot, let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. He said, come on, we're brothers. I don't want any strife between your herdmen, my herdmen, you and me, we're brothers. Come on. We can figure this out. Why are we fighting? Is not the whole land before thee separate thyself? I pray thee from me, if thou wilt take the left, I'll go to the right. If thou depart to the right, I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Notice. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward where? Sodom. But the men of Sodom, notice this is important in 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And Lot knew this. Lot knew this. His brother comes to him and says, Hey, we can get along. It's simple. You go one way, I'll go the other way. Whatever way you go, I'm fine with that. You choose. You choose. Lot knew that Sodom and Gomorrah were evil. He knew the wickedness that was in the land. But what, what was he thinking about? He was thinking about self, right? Oh, this land has water. Oh, this is going to be nice. You know, we're going to be set up. Beautiful land. All the water we need for our animals. This is going to be great. However, as we read in 13 Watt, the men of Sodom were full of evil and wickedness and were sinners. He had a choice. And he knew what he was doing but he still yet, he chose to dwell in the land full of wickedness and sinners. Now, what happens? Eventually Lot, because of his choice, because of his decision, he loses it all. Including his family and especially his wife. When the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife. Thy daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife, 
upon the hand of his daughters, the Lord being merciful. The Lord being merciful to him. They brought him forth and sent him without the city. The mercy of God. Once again, we see the great mercy that God had on Lot and his family. Came to pass when they brought them forth abroad. He said, escape for thy life. And look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. But what happened? Verse 26. His wife looked back from behind him and what? She became a pillar of salt. Our choices, our decisions that we make, there will be consequences of whatever you choose. Just as Lot, he chose to live in the middle of sin, in the middle of wickedness, knowing full and well what he was going to be dealing with. But he was selfish, and he wanted the greatest. Now let's look on the other side. Let's look at a couple of examples of people that made the right choice. The right decision. And we'll start with Moses. Over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And we know why God chose Moses to lead his people. He was the person that stood up to Pharaoh, right? When God told him, he said, you got to go to Pharaoh when they were held, held bondage. You got to stand up to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. It's like, no, no, I'm not doing that, right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 beginning. Actually back up to verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, right? His choice was not to serve evil, not to serve sin. He said, I'm going to stand with God's people. He was offered everything and anything. And Moses rejected. He chose to serve God. esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect, respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, that's a strong word, endured, as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, 
He kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assayed to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Moses chose. Listen, brothers and sisters. Moses chose to serve the Lord. Rather than give in to what Pharaoh, he didn't fear. You notice we read there, he said he didn't care. He didn't care about the king. He didn't care what was about to happen. He said what? Out of respect, he was going to serve God. He knew. The right choice. It's important to make the right decision. Just as Christ in Philippians chapter 2. Just as Christ chose to do His Father's will for you and for me. For our sins. He came into this world, took the appearance of a man, and He died on the cross for your sins. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5, beginning, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He came as a servant and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above. 